They're back on the Football Outside the Box podcast where we discuss the past, the present, and the future of football. So today we want to dive into a topic that has been talked about around the media and it's become somewhat of a modern day change, if you will, compared to how it used to be back in the day. And that topic is revolving around captaincy at a football club. What really makes up a good captain? Or better should I ask, who should be the captain at your football club? So we know a lot of the times teams base it around longevity, certain leadership qualities, of course. But then there are other cases where it's essentially a fan favorite who turns out to be the captain. I know there was one incident with Arsenal when Unai Emery was in charge. A very unorthodox way that he did it was he almost had a vote. He had a set of five leaders, team leaders, and then there was a vote, which clearly did not go very well. But maybe that could be something that another team could implement well. But anyways, Wansak, what do you think about this? Who do you think should be captain of any football club? Well, I think touching on the point that you made about Unai Emery, I don't think it's that unorthodox. I know Eric Tanak's come in and, I mean, or I should say Ralph Rangnick has come in and talked about voting for a captain. And at the end of the day, a captain is the leader of the players. The players have to look up to the captain. Captain has to be of a certain character that the players can look up to. And like you said, like if you look at the Arsenal squad back then and now, is there really someone who can really grab the game by the scruff of the neck or just arouse the players to really galvanize them and produce what they need? It doesn't have to be necessarily that your team has to play the best football every game. Just going back to the Newcastle game, you know, if if you had a leader like, I'm just going to use a famous captain in, in the form of Patrick Vieira, I think the results could have gone a lot differently. And like you mentioned, Aubameyang isn't necessarily the kind of guy to lead on that front. So I think there there's a certain amount of character needed from a captain. And oftentimes, you're not going to really see that on paper or in, in the stats or whatnot. I think it just, I think it comes naturally. I think captains are, for me at least personally, I think captains are born. I don't think they're bred. That's just my thoughts because those qualities as a leader, as a captain of a team, especially at a big club, I think, I don't think it's teachable. At least that's my ideal view on a captain. Well, here's the thing. An interesting point that Kobe Bryant had made. I know we're getting into basketball now, but I think we can all agree that Kobe Bryant is one of the most iconic athletes in all of sports. Probably one of the most iconic leaders in all of sports. And his motto as far as leadership goes is always leading by example. So, you know, there's different ways that you can go about doing this. In his way, it's about 
carrying the team on your back, being able to say, okay, get me the ball and I'm going to make this shit happen. Maybe like a Cristiano Ronaldo. Maybe that's the type of leader that some teams are looking for. But then maybe there's other leaders out there who's more vocal and they're more about organizing the team and, and doing it in that manner, almost being like a coach on the field, if you will. And managers love to have that because it, eas- it eases the burden on them to do all of the organizing and the communicating from the touchline. And you also have somebody who's physically in the game experiencing what is happening and they are able to almost get the respect from the other players around them. Because a lot of the times as a player, you're looking over at your coach and you're like, you're telling me to run up and down, you're over there standing. Like, seriously? You can't say that to another player on the field because they're also doing the running with you. You could say that about a man on the case of Arsenal right now. Pierre Mertesacker was kind of like that. He was a great leader. But in that sense, more of a organizational, more of a player management leader. He would, he would grab you after a play and, t- and talk to you and tell you, you need to do this, you need to do that, rather than actually doing it himself. So the question is now, you could say one brings more out to the team and one does it himself, doing it by example. Would you say that those two could potentially have the same effect on the team just in different ways? Or do you think that there's one out-and-out correct type of leadership? I mean, I think that really just comes down to do you give your captaincy to your best player, like like in this case, Cristiano Ronaldo? Or do you give it to someone who's almost a role model for the, for the players? Like you said, a player-coach kind of player? I don't think one is right or wrong, but I think for me personally, I think the latter is more effective because it's just something about you that brings out the best in your teammates. You see, you see a leader, you know, fighting on the front foot, doing the things that they're asking of you to do. Whereas, like you said, a coach just, it's different, right? Coach is not physically playing, whereas the players, He's fighting for for the team along with you guys, along with the team. So, I think it's it's a different effect having a player of that sort to really guide you and really manage you, not just your ability wise, but also mentally as well. I feel that sometimes when you have a captain like a Ronaldo or whatnot, it often seems to be the case that the players rely on the captain to help them out. Whereas in the latter's case, I think it galvanizes the whole team a little more rather than just, oh, let's give him the ball and hope that he does something for us. I don't know if that kind of makes sense. Yes, it does. Because I would would agree with you. One of the main reasons I agree with you, though, is because I have a fear that the the option where the leader is taking the team on their back, there is a lot of potential for a clash, a head clash within the team. Now, if you have two superstars who are both trying to accomplish that task and both trying to do that for the team, 
you could see a lot of headbutting that occurs. And that to me is a fair. Because maybe in basketball, the example that we had before, usually there's one player who is the star of the team, as opposed to a football match where you have 10 other teammates. So that's my fear where that is concerned. I don't know how you feel about that. Well, I, I, well, I feel that in basketball, it's more dependent on a superstar compared to football. A lot of, a lot of times, or I should say, it happens a lot more often in basketball where one superstar can carry the team compared to in a football match. But on the topic of giving your superstars the captaincy or whatnot, what position do you think should the captaincy be awarded to? Because I know a lot of people don't really fancy having a keeper as their captain just because of the fact that they're not really necessarily playing the game and they're almost they're almost looked at or they, they used to be as a separate entity from, from the rest of the team. Do you have a predisposed position that you would ideally like your captain to play in? In my opinion, I don't have any particular favorite position. To me, it's solely about the character of the player. But if I had a blank sheet and you asked me which player would you want to have those characteristics in the team? Me, I'm going to pick striker. Because I believe that I always want my striker to be the best player. They're the ones scoring the goals, and they're the ones who's going to get the team able to, win, able to win games. Some people may argue that centre-back or even goalkeeper, like you said, because they can see the field, which I totally get that argument. No, no doubt about that. For me personally, an ideal scenario would be where the striker is carrying the team and being that focal point, being that leader, somebody you can trust that if the chance comes, they're going to have a cool head. That's me personally. What do you think? But I feel that a lot of times as a striker, I'm going to just bring up Ruud van Nistelrooy as an example. There's a famous quote about him where even if the team won, if he didn't score, he wasn't happy, right? Or even if he scored a hat trick, he used to always check Thierry Henry's game or how he played and used to feel bad if he didn't outperform Henry. So I bring this up to say strikers tend to or they're encouraged to be selfish a lot of the times because they're the ones who can win your games. It's simple as, whereas that's not what you want from a captain, you know? So that's where I slightly disagree with you because just because of the, the job that the striker has to do, you know? Well, that's why I wouldn't want my striker to have that selfish kind of attitude. I would want them being always team motivated first because they essentially have the key or they have the power to decide which way this game turns. If they miss, it turns against them. If they score, it's in their favor. Could argue the same about the centre-back. If they miss a tackle or if they mismark somebody or if they're there at the right moment, it could be a game-winning 
situation. But again, to me, it's all about the strikers. The striker is... There's a reason you said the striker is leading the line. They set the tone. When you're pressing, the striker sets the tone for the press. If the striker doesn't press, nobody can press. And the striker is always going to start that. That's why I say, me personally, the striker. Even And I'll take all of the the points, other points into consideration. I'm not saying never have a centre-back be the captain or never have a central midfielder be the captain. It's, uh, to me, if you're asking me about an ideal scenario for who my captain is, it's going to be the striker. Right. I mean, of course, we're, we're talking about a utopia here, right? <laughs> Where we can have our ideal set of players. Um, I, I guess from that, who... Because, as we know, at Arsenal, there is a vacancy. Because, as we know, there is a vacancy for the captain's spot at your, your own club, Arsenal. We don't know who, who they're going to sign yet. We're, we're still, the transfer window is not opened yet. Who would be your captain of choice if, if, if it was up to you and not up to, up to Arteta? Back to the fact that I initially spoke about the primary choice for my captain is always going to be based on you as a character, not necessarily a position. And I think that 90% of the Arsenal fan base will bat me here and say, Kieran Tierney, he has to be the next captain. I don't think there's any denying it. However, people have been talking about Odegaard potentially taking up that role. They talk about how he has these leadership qualities, he's captain at Norway. But in my opinion, I think it's a little bit too early in his Arsenal career to come out as the captain. Some people may not have a problem with that. But what do you think about the longevity for a player's career at a club, for them to be considered captain? Do you think that there is a time limit that somebody should be at the club for? Or do you think that it doesn't matter? If somebody comes in and they're a leader by trade, they should be handed the captain's armband right there and then? I necessarily don't think it matters. Because, I mean, just... Just think of how daft this sounds. Celtic signed Roy Keane, right, in 2005. And because he's new, he can't be the captain. What? He was the captain of the biggest club in the world for five, ten years, however many years he was the captain for. Same thing goes for Vieira. When Vieira had a, a brief spell at City for a year, he was a captain of the Invincibles. You know, like, how daft does that sound where... Ovier has only been here for a season. He can't be the captain. I mean, of course, ideally. I think the conversation around Maguire being captain um, for only a half a season is because he hasn't shown those captain material, captain abilities at whatever clubs he's been in. You know, he wasn't a captain at Leicester. He wasn't a captain at Hull City. He wasn't a captain at England. So... I think if you've shown enough as a as a captain and you're true 
ability to lead the team. I don't think that should matter. And and oftentimes, you know, you're the thing is you, you don't go out and buy a captain in a sense where you would go out and buy a striker who can get you 30 goals, but you never see a team going out and say, Oh, we need a new captain. Let's buy a new captain. I think that's because of this idea that players can't be a captain after such a short period of time, which I don't know where it came from, but I would like to see more of those signings where we're going out and buying a captain for the next five years. I have to disagree. I can agree that I would like to see more signings of players who could be groomed into being a captain, but I don't like the idea of somebody just coming in and becoming captain. I feel like captain is something that is not just about you being a leader on the field, but I think you have to get to know the culture of the club, its values. I think you have to be able to know the players, have an understanding of what it really means to be a player of that club. You know, for me, like as an Arsenal fan, let's say I'll just use Thiago Silva as an example, or even a Sergio Ramos. If one of those guys came in to Arsenal and they were captaining for a North London derby, I wouldn't want that. I don't think they truly know what it means to be part of a North London derby. I'm not saying they haven't played in higher level matches or they don't have the experience. I just don't think that they have that passion towards a North London derby. Even any of those players, I don't think if they went to Celtic, I don't think that they know anything about an old firm derby. I think there has to be a connection with the club, the fans, the players at the club, the staff even. I think even the manager. I think that really has to be key in becoming a captain. Because you could say, look at what happened with, with Jaka. They voted him in as the captain, the players. And you could argue and say, look at that. The players, if anybody should know who is the leader of the players, it's the players themselves, right? If they have voted him in, that means he must have some form of respect out of the players. And he definitely has leadership qualities because that's been mentioned by, by Arteta, by Emery, even by Jose Mourinho. And even Arsene Wenger. That's why he would sign him. Captain at Switzerland. But yet he is missing that connection with the fans. And if you're missing that connection, it's never going to work. Because the fans are the heartbeat of the club. So to me, it's about encompassing all of those different aspects if you are going to become the captain of the club. It's more than just having leadership traits. It's more than just having experience and being good on the field. It's about... All of those things encompass. Which you're saying those things only come with with time being spent with the club, right? I mean, that's that's pretty much just what you're saying. I don't necessarily think that, you know, I, I think you can. Those, you can, you can build, I think, as a captain. I don't think that's a prerequisite for me to be a captain at a club. But speaking of different captains of different countries and different clubs, you mentioned Jaka as a captain of Switzerland. Same thing with Odegaard, captain of Norway. Uh, we go back to Tottenham side. Harry Kane's a 
captain of England. Are there different aspects to being a captain of an international side compared to being captain of a club side? You know, international side, you only see them four or five times a season, you know, and even at that, a week or two at most. So I don't know, obviously, about what Odegaard's been doing in training and all that stuff, but wouldn't the leadership qualities necessary for the club teams or an international team be very different? So that wouldn't necessarily be, let's say, a qualification point for being a captain of Arsenal. I still think it comes down to the respect and the connection. I think if your teammates don't respect you, you can't be captain. Simple as that. And that goes for leadership at any level, in any industry you're in. If you don't have the res- if you're a manager at a company and you don't have the respect of your employees, they're not going to listen to you. Simple as that. And I think it applies the same way here. And if, if you talk about the connection as well with the fans, it's the same thing. The fans are going to drive what's happening on the field. As we saw with COVID and post-COVID, the fans are the driving force. They're the ones who are the heart of the team. So if they don't have that connection with that person who is to be a captain, then it's not going to work. Because, look, in my opinion, a captain on a whole is kind of a, more than anything, is a representative. Really and truly. Because I believe that there's more than one individual leader on a team. And I think many different players contribute to different leadership roles in the team, whether that's at the national stage or whether that's at club level. I think it's just something to kind of show the the fans or show the people, show the media, oh, so-and-so was named the captain today. I don't think that necessarily always truly reflects who is the leader or the captain of the day. It's just something like, oh, so-and-so was named the captain. You could name anybody as captain. I've seen times where they've just named, they just named somebody who is about to retire as the captain or a special occasion. I think Eric Abidal was, had um, cancer and they named him captain for the last match. It doesn't necessarily reflect oh, he's, he's a captain, he automatically has to become the leader for the, for the team or he has to play that role of the leader. It's more of a representation for the public. And I think having that said, that is why you have to have all of the rest of the things encompass as well. Xhaka plays a huge role as a leader at the club, but he's not necessarily the titled captain for the club. It can never happen again. So to me, those things have to be in place for you to be officially named captain at a club. But for right now, it's looking like there's a curse at Arsenal for who the captain is. And you know, I should tell about my answer because of that. I should, t- I should not make it tyranny because I want him to, to have a good lasting career at Arsenal. Well, let me tell you what, he hasn't had a good career in terms of injuries. Yeah, who wants of, a captain who's never there? Exactly. That's 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 the problem. That's why I don't even want him to be captain now, because that curse might just stick with him. That's no Abameyang, 
bad ending to I would say you only say like maybe Murtisaka and Arteta had had decent endings. Before Van Persie, horrible ending. Fabregas, terrible ending as well. I don't know what it is. Gallas. <laughs> don't even get started on William Gallas. I forgot he was a captain. I was going to mention him, but I wasn't sure if he was a captain or not. Can you imagine being captain and going to your biggest rivals? Well, Sol Campbell. Yeah, I know you love Sol Campbell. So. <laughs> Fair enough. I think we can end it on this. Who is your best past and present captain? So one each, past and present captain. Well, no, I, I did, I did want to mention Cannavaro. Just his overall leadership qualities... And he was a class player as well. I mean, defensively, he really mastered the art of defending. And he was never really like a physical specimen either. So right. he could have used that as an excuse, but he didn't. A true warrior, in my opinion. And that's what it comes down to for me. I would include John Terry as well in that. Similar reasons. Warrior. The guy would literally put his head on the line. I don't care what the fuck is coming at him, bro. It could be a fucking truck. He doesn't care, bro. He's putting his line for Chelsea. I, I can't put him on this list. We're talking about captains. No. <laughs> well, okay, okay. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. True, 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 true. <laughs> I, I have to take that one back. But <laughs> All right. What, what we're referring to here is the behind the scenes of his of the personal yes. life. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't need to go into the... I'm sure most of you are familiar with the... With, with the with his story i'll 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 pick one from the past i'll, I'll go with Iker casillas i know i said something negative negative connotation about keepers being a captain but you know famously there was a beef between real madrid and barcelona players which is why spain were perennially underperforming at the international stage i know i'm bringing up casillas after i said let's focus on the club level but he's the guy who really brought them together and achieved a feat that no one's ever achieved. No country's ever achieved three major tournaments in a row that they've won starting in 2008 Euros, the World Cup in 2010 and the Euros again in 2012. So I think that deserves a mention or a slash shout out there. In terms of right now, the best captain for me Boy, I don't know. The thing is, with captains, there's a lot of nostalgia plays into this. You know, we we see oftentimes nostalgia brings up these players to a whole new level. But I feel like that's worse for captains because nostalgia is something you can't measure, similar to how the captain's abilities or qualities are something you can't really measure. But in terms of the present captains... Nobody on the list, bro. It's a dying breed, to be honest. It's a dying yeah, breed. I mean, nobody really screams a great captain right now, you know. I do want to make some mentions about the past, though, before we continue on the present. Is Gerard, I think, was a great captain as well. I mean, obviously, bar the slip and the fact that he couldn't lead his team to any Premier League title, but <laughs> he was a player who had the respect of 
the the players. He had longevity at the club. One club man would put his all in for the team, and he stepped up when needed. He also slipped when needed, <laughs> but, but 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 he did put in his all. Um, huge in his in his career with FA Cup wins and Champions League wins. That's a big mention in my opinion. And also, this is going to be a very unorthodox one, but Troy Deeney, to me, was actually a sick leader for the club. I just felt like he was almost like the big brother for everybody at Watford. He's like, yo, if you fuck with them, you fuck with me type shit. And he was always <laughs> there to pounce. I'll never forget that comeback in the championship playoff with the, the penalty at one end for Leicester. Here's Hog. Deeney. <laughs> I remember, yeah, I mean, who who doesn't know that, you know? Classic commentary, classic, classic end to a game, to a football match, brilliant stuff. But anyway, on that note, let us know who you guys' favorite captains were. It can be from the past, it can be the current captains right now, or who you would like to see as a captain, whether it be Odegaard, whether it be Ronaldo, any of those. Let us know in the comments section of this episode page on our Facebook, which. The link to it, as you know, is in the description and the bio. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, all the above. Leave reviews. Leave your comments as well in the page, as OneSock said. And tune in as well next time. Turn on your notifications so you know every time that we release an episode. But that's all for now. Thank you very much. Thank you, as always. And peace out. Peace out.